Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Liberty Squadron podcast. My name is Chance Crawford, and today I am joined by Rob Neisler. Hello there, everyone. And Paul Braggins. Where? Oh, wait. Hi. <laughs> so, we have quite a bit to talk today. Uh, talk about today, if I do say. Uh, we've got some... Uh, I've got some things to discuss about Worlds and my run. I think all three of us want to go over the Worlds tournament. Um, and we finally got some announcements from AMG regarding uh, some, some new product and uh organized play so the vow I of am... silence has been broken mm-hmm. finally finally if I, I said it while i was there to like everyone if they were going to announce anything about organized play that was the place and the time to do it the only problem with the time is that it happened the panel where they did it was happening the same time as final table at worlds <laughs> so most of the X, or not final table, but it was like top four. So none of the X-wing players were paying attention because they were watching the top four games <laughs> while the panel was happening. Well, the good I, news is we have the internet, and it's all collected. So exactly, exactly. We, literally, myself and a couple of the other people uh, that I went where went to Worlds with were sitting there on our phones, like watching the games in person and looking down at our phones while people on our uh, discords posted the, the images as they came up trying to pay attention to both and talking about both as both were happening oh yeah that new ship oh did you see that attack it was it was uh it was interesting that's crazy <laughs> so but yeah so worlds 2023 happened the first world since 2019 uh it has been a long time coming uh it was an amazing event I'm so glad we got to, to do this again, because the last Worlds was an awesome experience. And so was this one as well. Plus, you know, it was also Adepticon, so I got to check out some other stuff, which I'll mention later. Um, but I, com- I personally got to compete in the Last Chance qualifier uh, at Worlds, along with, I believe it was like a hundred and... 178 people uh-huh. in the last chance qualifier. Uh, there were two people that didn't make it in time or, or didn't show up. So they didn't actually end up filling it like we thought we might. I should have um, came after all. I could have taken one of those spots. You could have. I could you also could have. have gotten a part from literally not both being of able you to. could have competed. So next time, right? I don't, I don't think I would have done as well as you did, though. No. <laughs> we can you can you can dream at least come on have some something um i'll come to but, next year's world and play in the shatterpoint world's championship there you go there you go i'll be competing in x-wing you'll be competing in shatterpoint we win both gg easy easy i'll be yep. interviewing people with an annoying accent and like a i don't know a microphone or something i you love say annoying accent, accent but changed. there yes. was a majority of people there that had your accent. I know. <laughs> That's why it's annoying. <laughs> um. So at the tournament, I finally did decide to bring Kylo to Worlds. In case uh, you hadn't heard, 
So uh, I'd take uh, Kylo and the Silencer uh, along with uh, three FOs, Scorch, uh, Bigger Scorch, and Lieutenant Gaelic, and then Captain Phasma in the TIE SF. Um, so I made it through the LCQ. I was 25th overall in the tournament. Um, with three wins and two draws, which is something else I want to talk about later. Um, and I got to play uh, someone that we went there with, and some people I've never met before, so that was great. The first round, I got paired with uh, Paul Agliaro, uh, one of our locals. That never <laughs> so, fails to happen. No. Thirteen the local drops always cannibalize each other in big tournaments like this. How do you, how do you feel? being the first on his long list of not wins. Damn, Paul. I mean, that's the thing. I like, yeah, how you go with someone and then you play them round one. I mean, do you then feel like everything that happens after that is your fault? A little bit. Definitely a little bit. But it's also worlds and I needed to... Um... Oh, yeah. There is no quarter to... at the World Championship. The kid gloves have come off. Yeah, exactly. We we actually talked about that because there was a I think at least two or three people where this was like their first ever like big tournament. They had gone to like local tournaments, yeah. but this is with their first ever large scale event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's ripping the band aid right off. Yep. It's a hell of a tournament to choose to be your first big one. And it's one of, if not almost, and I think a couple of people agreed, one of, if not the most competitive tournament uh, held in years. Um, The LCQ was filled with killers, uh, to put it lightly. Well, I, I remember hearing somewhere that it was three years worth of people who had narrowly missed winning an invite were filling the last chance qualifier. Yes, exactly. Now ex- exactly. these are sort of fifth place at a system open people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are people that just barely. I mean, I like I'm not one of them, but there was definitely a bunch of names in here of people that had just barely missed actually getting worlds invites mm-hmm. by maybe one or two spots. Yeah. And now here they were to compete to make it in to the actual world's uh, tournament. So this was, this is not like your standard, you know, Las Vegas open or, you know, Nova or anything like that. Um, This list was, people were out to win. Uh, If you're going to win a tournament, worlds is the one to win. (laughs) So yeah. So first, first round I did play against Paul. He was flying, um, a, uh, a scum list with uh, some fire sprays. Uh, so I ended up, of course, when it spoiler warning, I won my first three matches. So the first round was, I believe, uh, scramble. Uh, so I won that one. Second round, I played against uh, Nick Perry of Three Twelve Squadron in chance engagement. Uh, where he was flying a rebel list consisting of uh, Han in the Falcon custom Han, uh, and then Luke and Wedge with proton torpedoes and trick shot. No shattering shot, but trick shot. 
um, had an unfortunate moment in that game. Uh, so Han actually had a K2SO crew on him, right? And I forgot that K2SO crew gives you a jam. And I had gotten a range 1 target lock onto Luke with Kylo and was excited to roll my 5 die advanced proton torpedo until Han rolled up and jammed my target lock off. Womp womp. I had to sit there from him and go like, I didn't even know he could do that because I forgot K2SO gives you a white jam. I just think of it as the the calculate crew. Yeah. <laughs> no. But uh, I still came out on top on that one take. I took out both the T65s and then just one on points. Uh, and then third round, I played against... Uh, Michael Simon, or Biophysical, who was flying uh, Boy Vader. Uh, Soontir fell, which I did not expect to see. Ooh. Uh, fifth Brother. You were also on table three in round three. Mm-hmm. Or table two. Yeah. Um, I was doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, Fifth Brother and uh, Moff Gideon in Salvage. Uh, so I went into that, I was pretty confident, because I, A, I had more ships, and I was still not confident that um, Soontir Fell had what it takes, especially in Salvage. He had the, the crit generation, of course, from Vader, but Soontir, it's probably his least favorite scenario. Um... So that game came down to the big, the there was like two or three moments in that game that were kind of the, kind of swayed it in my favor, but the biggest moment in that one was uh, I had he had attempted to block my Gaelic with Fifth Brother, and Gaelic didn't get blocked but ended up in his bullseye, so I barrel rolled Gaelic in order to avoid getting shot right, and it got me out of the arc of Fifth Brother. In doing so, I accidentally blocked a, a 4K from Vader with Gaelic because of the barrel roll, which left Vader in range one of Kylo, and Kylo had a target lock. So I managed to get an advanced proton torpedo off on Boy Vader in that round and deleted him from the table. And Suntir Fell also did the Suntir Fell classic and took a hit and a crit at range three, uh, as Suntir Fell does. He didn't die, but he was on one. Old reliable. Uh, yep. Exactly. It's Fang Fighters and TIE Interceptors take more damage at range three than any other range. Generally while obstructed. This one wasn't obstructed, oh, but well. still. Um... And then for my final two games, so about worlds and a little system they had. Um, so for the LCQ, we knew there was guaranteed 16 people that were going to make it into the cut, uh, into the actual day one worlds tournament, right? Um, we weren't. We were told it was roughly 50 that were probably going to make it, but it wasn't guaranteed. Uh, but that was the estimate. So. In order to try to make sure you were as close to the top as possible, uh, in a tournament, a win is three points, a draw is one point, and a loss is zero points. So, 
by having three wins and two draws, you, no matter what the strength of schedule or whatever, will always be above everyone else that has three wins and two losses. Right? Because just, just based on tournament points. Math is math. Ex exactly. Um, so in Worlds, uh, before the tournament happened, they had sent out a notification about how they were handling intentional draws. So if you wanted to intentionally draw, uh, you could call a judge over before the game started, offer it to your opponent, and then your opponent would have to decide if they wanted to agree to a draw or not, and you would both get one point, and you just wouldn't play a game, basically. Uh, so, so for round four and five, I just intentional drew with my opponents to basically guarantee myself into Worlds Day 1. Because if I had gone for, say, three wins and two losses, I was not guaranteed to make it in. Um, so I decided to secure it for myself. Now, if I'm being honest, I'm not a huge fan of how that system works. Because it basically means if you get three wins, you automatically, assuming your opponents agree to the draw, which pretty much everyone did, um, you basically knock out people that are three and two, and there's nothing they can do about it. And you don't even have to play the two games that they played to try to make it in. So if like going into round three, they were two wins and one loss, and you were three wins, there's nothing they can do. They lost one game. At that point, it was purely down to like strength of schedule as far as which of the three and two, three win, two losses made it in. Um, I don't think it's a great system. I don't have the answer to what a better system would be. I'm curious if either of you do. I was going to say, what would you do instead? Like, so the I old understand answer to this... that. Go ahead. They 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 were forthcoming about this so that people weren't sneaky about it. If that makes exactly. sense, and it wound up getting abused. Obviously, like if you look at round four and round five of this tournament, the the top twelve tables are all draws. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but that was done that way because in older X Wing tournaments, people would intentionally draw without judges. It's like, oh hey, you know, let's just not play this game. Like it. Just 4K back on, like just turtle on their on each side of the board for you know 75 minutes, and then both players end with zero zero, and then right. you draw. Um, so the the last time this happened is what caused final salvo to be added to the game as an uh, an attempt to disincentivize uh drawing, right? Because right. drawing with your opponent didn't guarantee you any tournament points because you still had to roll off to determine who quote-unquote won the round. Um, Which also feels bad. There's really no winning answer here. If we're and that's, that's exactly honest. the problem. Final Salvo isn't the answer. But I also don't think that just having the intentional draw system is the answer either. Now, then the important thing to note, the intentional draw system, that does not... If, let's let's say it got implemented everywhere, that does not affect, like, local tournaments. No, right? the math doesn't know to support it. It, it. it wouldn't... It'll only affect tournaments, large-scale tournaments, 
with a relatively large um like cut for example in day two of worlds the people that were the top table at the 10th round they drew in together they had played nine rounds of x-wing and knew they were both getting into the cut no matter what so the result of that game didn't matter so they just decided to draw and just save themselves the brain power for the cut going into the next day. I don't have a problem with that, right? You're top one and two of a ten-round tournament. Pretty sure you earned your place into the cut the next day. Um, but in cases like this, with the LCQ, with the large cut into another, you know, an, another round of a tournament, it doesn't feel like the best solution. I agree, and again, yeah. just looking at those results, it, it feels bad, uh, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I, I will admit that it's I, I'm not a fan of it. Part of the re- I have two reasons for doing it. One was, I, I will openly admit, the opportunity was there, and I really wanted to play in Worlds, right? Uh, and I also got to save my own brain power for two games to go into another five potentially 10 rounds of X-Wing the next day. Uh, next two days. The other one is, because I don't feel that this is a great system, the only way to prove that there's a problem with it is to have people do it and show that by choosing to handle things this way, this is what's going to happen. Chance Crawford, Liberty Squadron, making a statement. Uh-huh. <laughs> gotta uh, use your clout to remove draw points from the game my yeah my clout okay uh like i said i don't have the answer here i just know that the current system how it was handled i feel like there has to be a better way to do this uh because it's just not fair to the other people who actually played all five of their rounds who uh, d- potentially because of strength of schedule had no opportunity to, they they could win they could still have a three win two loss and still not make it in mm-hmm. because people with three wins and two draws knocked them out essentially Paul what are your thoughts you've been playing games like this for a long time um so i remember a de- i remember a time I know I've never been to Worlds. I'm going to start with that. I've never been to Worlds. The biggest event I've ever been to was the 2019 UK System Open, which was what 400-ish players. I remember going back to 1.0 when there was no such thing as a draw in tournament play. You had a modified win or a win. A modified win was any win under 11 points, so under the cost of a Tie Fighter. That was one point, and that included wins on final salvo. It incentivized playing the game. <clears throat> I am not 100% sure I agree that an intentional draw should be allowed to get people into a cut. That being said, I also dislike the way strength of schedule works in terms <laughs> of determining who may or may not 
place in prizes because I'm looking at the last chance qualifier and I see people who played all five games with lower strength of schedule than people who dropped after three. How is that fair? Exactly. I, I think there is a lot to be said for the way AMG have made it have made the tournament regulations currently work. They do work. Are they perfect? No. If they were perfect, then X Wing two point five would go nowhere from there from now on. We'd get new ships every now and again and the game would stagnate. There's always got to be stuff that we can work on. And I think this idea of intentional drawing being it seems almost officially approved tactic. There needs to be something done. A draw should only happen at the end of round 12 or when time goes and you've both got the same amount of points. You should not be able to rock up to a table and say, do you want to draw? Right, come to a tournament and be like, let's not play the game in the tournament. It mm -hmm. I, I just remember going back to the Highlander Hyperspace Trial 2019. 2019? 2020? I forget. Um, the very last round, a X-Wing personality who shall remain nameless and his friend were paired against each other and they both flew off the table in turn one. Now, there's nothing saying you can't both do that apart from the fact that they had discussed it beforehand, which is collusion. Discussing a game beforehand to affect the result of the game is actively against the X-Wing tournament regulations. Correct. Now, to, to clarify which... how the, the drawing thing was handled, if you wanted to... So, say I find out who my opponent is, I walk up to the table, and they walk up, you are not allowed to mention a draw to them. Hang on a minute, guys. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll just cover this real quick with you, Rob. Um, you're not allowed oh. to mention the draw at all. Right, I know. You, you call a judge first. Uh, exactly. I've read the document. Um, yeah. I, truth be told, uh, I don't think the issue is the intentional draw. Uh, mathematically speaking, the issue is the awarding of one victory point to each player from the draw. Because then you are incentivized to intentionally draw to get the point. Correct. You know what I mean? uh, the trick answer to that then is when people... Because draws do happen naturally, right? It, it is 100% a thing that can happen naturally. You don't want to... And this is where it gets... Because it gets really tricky. You don't want to negatively impact two people that played a full game of X-Wing... And it just happened that in the last round, a ship died, and they got three points, and the game ended in a tie. Right? I don't know. Maybe just roll better. <laughs> well, uh, we'll have something to talk about that uh, a little later in regards to that. Uh, but, yeah... <laughs> Like I said, I, I don't have the answer, but right now, between how strength of schedule and draws and everything work, I think there's definitely room for improvement in uh, the tournament regulations and whatnot, and how all of that is is handled. So. I don't think anybody's going to argue with you on that. Yeah. 
Uh, so real quick, I do want to just talk about some of the top lists. Uh, the top list was a Boy Vader list, which I don't think anyone should be surprised by. Uh, it was the only 5-0 player in the tournament. Uh, second was actually local uh, from Red Seal Gaming, Tom Traz, with a uh, six-ship FO list. Uh, and then third was another uh, six-ship FO list. Um, that was four wins and, and one draw. So they played four rounds and then decided to draw in the fifth round, fifth and final round. Um, because they were, at that point, they were like 100% sure they were guaranteed into the, uh, I was, the next day. Yeah, uh, it looks like Tom Traz and number three were against each other. They drew against each other round five with both Correct. of their six ship FOs. Uh, they also didn't feel like playing six ship FO against six ship FO because speaking from personal experience, that gets really messy after like the first or second engage. <laughs> that's a fair point. Twelve ships on the on the table. Uh there's a lot of overlapping and bumping and whatnot happens, and it just it, it gets really messy and it doesn't it's not particularly fun to try to handle properly. Uh, and then I mean rounding out the week. top the top five was another Boy Vader list. Again, no surprise. It's almost like Boy Boy Vader's good. Almost. Uh and then a Django, Greed, uh Grievous, Dirge, and uh DBS four oh four rounded out the top five. Um, so two Empire, two First Order, and Separatists, uh, for the top five. And Rebels in sixth. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely mention them. Reb or sorry, Resistance. Um, hey, Resistance. Resistance had a pretty good showing. But not in the top eight of the actual tournament. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, and I think I went over this last week briefly, uh, is that there seem to be more quote-unquote medalists in the LCQ, and there seem to be mm -hmm. a bit more variety in the actual world's tournament, which makes sense. You know, you, you bring your, your baddest stuff, your biggest guns, to try to get into the actual tournament. So one thing I want to mention on that, and from, from experience talking to people there, so 2019 was the last Worlds, right? So the end of 2019 is when the first set of invites for this, what ended up being this Worlds went out, right? Because all of the invites given post-Worlds 2019 to this were all accepted at this tournament because of, you know, what happened and everything. There were quite a few people that played in Worlds that either hadn't played X-Wing since they won their Worlds invite. Oh, I guess oh, hi, we baby. have a new uh, podcaster. Yeah. He's starting early. <laughs> he has opinions. This is the this is the place to to, to spew him. Yep. This is the way. Let's, let's, he's, I'm feeding him. Let's not talk about spewing now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So there, there were people in the actual worlds tournament that hadn't played since they won their worlds invite. So they just brought the list that they won, assuming it was still legal. Brought the with the list that they won their tournament with, or That's won their an interesting invite with. 
That's an interesting note. And it's not one that's occurred to me. That's crazy. Like, just take three years off from a game and be like, oh, hey, I have this invite. Let me go have some fun with these crazy shit. Think, think about it. If you won a tournament in, like, 2019 or 2020, and then everything happened, you might not have really had the ability to play in a X-Wing tournament. It's true. Until not, not every place relatively has a recently. Burgeoning scene. Exactly. So there were multiple people that just brought what they knew because I mean obviously that's not a bad idea by any means. Um and then again there were some people that just hadn't played or hadn't had time to like practice a like current list. So they went on List Fortress and Metawing and tried to figure out what to bring because they they didn't know. This This was a very unique world because of everything that happened leading up to it uh, as far as invites and everything. I definitely think, and I'm, I'm honestly excited already, this world just happened. I'm already excited to see what the next world looks like um, based on how invites and the LCQ then and everything will look. Because I think it'll look a lot different. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just based Especially in like the list and everything. Never mind. That would that's a spoiler for later. I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> um. So yeah, the, the the there were definitely some unique lists in the actual uh, X Wing uh, tournament, uh, Worlds tournament. Um. So real quick, we'll talk about. I, I want to talk real quick about the top five lists for the Swiss, because there was no one went undefeated. Um, and only two people, which was uh, Nathan Eide, who brought a really awesome Republic list, and I believe his name was Mario from Spain, who brought the Rebel Alpha list, who uh, I believe played on stream um, on uh, Gold Squadron. Uh, but the only list that was nine wins and one loss was the Django list. The J- you know, Django, Grievous, you Dirge, love that list, Chance. CBS 404. It's a solid list. Funny thing, because I is obviously I made it through the last chance qualifier. Uh, so I competed in the first day of X-Wing Worlds. First round, I played against a member of the 186 Squadron. Flying the Django list. It was a good game. I lost. Second round, I played against a member of the 186 Squadron flying the Django list. Uh, They were just slightly shorter than the last one I had played. (laughs) The game was shorter, or the person you fought was shorter? Both. Okay. Uh, In that second game, I lost Kylo in the first engage due to rolling... Uh, blanks on evades back to back yo I and... remember you posting that on the discord and it felt very similar like, you know how when somebody gets uh, kicked in the nuts and like every guy in a radius can feel it I felt that when you yeah. lost your ship in one shot that hurt like, it wasn't I, I one shot but it was from across the country it was in like the first real engage that wasn't just pot shots listen man I'm trying to relate <laughs> Uh, I, 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 and so I lost Kylo right off the bat and ended up essentially trading Kylo for DBS, uh, which is not a good trade. 
He's trading anything for DBS, a good trade. Exactly. Uh, a Black Squadron Ace is about the only thing. Uh, BB-8 in the pod's a fantastic trade for DBS. Sure. Um, so I was already down in that game right off the get-go. Uh, I fought as hard as I could, but I was not able to bring it back. And I lost my second game. So at that point, I was 0-2, and I was a little down on myself. So round 3, I played against a Republic list in uh that one was salvage for round three i don't want to say i got diced but there was definitely some hot green dice on the other side of the table and i wasn't able to knock off crates because i couldn't hit anything uh so that one got away from me so i went at that point i was 0-3 so there was I, it was impossible for me to make day two uh, but I didn't drop. I was at Worlds. I was going to play all five of my games. And... No more intentional draws. Yeah, no more intentional draws for me. Uh, <laughs> intentional drawing in the first day of Worlds was a bad idea, too. That's true. Um, so then round four... What did I play against in round four? I actually don't... Round four is a bit of a blur. I can bring it up for you. Uh, you played uh, yes, round four I played against... Uh, yes. Uh, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name at the moment, but I remember he was from Australia. Uh, so he had traveled quite a bit. He was to, flying to Rebel there. Scum. Yes, he was. Looks like uh, Lando, Corin, Tycho, and Keo. Yep. Oh, I like that. Uh, what I liked even more is Corrin died in the first engage thanks to Kylo doing a five straight target lock boost onto Corrin, and Corrin not seeing it coming, and eating an advanced proton torpedo. So Corrin never got a single proton torpedo off. He had he made a single one die attack because he had closed his wings and took a weapons failure. And funnily wow. enough, that one die attack actually did a damage to a TIE fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then after that, Tycho ended up on a rock due to a uh, due to a bump. Uh, he like he wouldn't have gone over the rock normally, but because of how he bumped, he ended on the rock from the bump. Uh, so at that point, between Corrin dying and Tycho taking two damage from a rock. It was, it wasn't a terribly close game. I didn't, I, I didn't end up killing Lando, but I ended up killing Corrin, Tycho, and Keo, and one on objective points Oof. in that in that game. Um, don't shoot the Falcon. It's usually not a great idea. It's a trap. Most of the time, yes. Uh, bumping Lando is a great idea, though. Um, and then round five. I played against a guy who was flying a Jedi list. Uh, so it was Delta Annie, uh, Siege of Coruscant, Obi-Wan, and the Edda. And then Click, Contrail, and Kickback in Scramble. So I was already a little worried because Jedi and Scramble are a pain in the butt to deal with. Uh, higher initiative ones especially. But we were both tired. We were both... Uh, one win and three losses going into the fifth round. 
So we set up the majority of our lists outside of Kylo and Anakin to just joust each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did a gutter joust except with fun. our aces. Huh? I'm just here to roll dice and have fun. Basically, basically, Kylo got an advanced proton torpedo off on um on click and more or less deleted him. Uh, but I actually was starting to get down in that game because the Jedi kept just flipping the scrambles. And then X-Wing be X-Wing, uh, Phasma took a random... Not random. She had done her uh, her red maneuver to do all her proud tradition shenanigans uh, and took a shot into Obi-Wan. And I got three hits. And Obi-Wan blanked. And died to one oh. shot. Damn. And that was... And he remembered to flip my proud tradition. He was the only person I played that entire tournament that flipped my proud tradition. I'm very proud of him. Uh, most people forget that card has a second side. I'm one of them, and I use it. Um... <laughs> But, uh, so after that happened, uh, it gave me enough of a lead and enough breathing room to to be able to come out. So I ended the tournament with two wins and three losses. Um, overall, I believe I placed, like, 100 and... 141st overall in Worlds out of 188. So not my greatest showing. Uh... Even but you just I getting into there was uh, a win, man. That's how I looked at it. Getting through the last chance qualifier, which was a cutthroat tournament, was a big win. And then not completely going 0-5, I'll take it. Because Worlds is still a hyper-competitive tournament, right? Everyone I played... I didn't play against anyone from the LCQ in Worlds. Everyone I played had tournament wins, I believe. Or had invites. Had invites already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, everyone I played against were people that were already high, you know, high-skill competitors who had won other events to be there. And then I made it through to compete against them. So overall, it was a great tournament. Uh, Worlds is always... If you've never gone to Worlds... Uh, in this case, which is at Adepticon, and have the ability to, I cannot recommend it enough. The community there is amazing. You will meet people from all over the world who are excited to meet you as well. Um, and if you bring stuff to trade, I'm telling you, some of the people from Europe and Australia had some of like the best stuff to trade as far as promos and stuff go. Um, some of them go hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, would you like to talk about the final cut at all? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, let's do it. <clears throat> so the top eight cut, Nathan Idy was one of the people playing. Um... Nicholas Did God. Did you pick him randomly? Did I pick him randomly? Yeah. Uh, no, but I watched all of his matches. Okay. Because uh, he... It went, once we found out who the top eight was, he was my... um. 
my my vote on who on on to win it. He's an amazing player. Um, and he did make it to the top four. Or no, sorry, he did he lose in? It, sorry, I apologize. It he looks lost. Looks like this. Eight. He lost to Nicholas God, who won the whole thing, so you can't really blame him. Correct. Correct. Um, spoilers for who won Worlds, uh, Nicholas God. Oh man, um, I'm sure there are, there are people out there just watching Liberty Squadron podcast, just waiting in anticipation, like, oh man, who won the X-wing Worlds tournament? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there were some amazing, uh, amazing games played. Uh, the top, uh, watching, uh, Alex Farley versus Mario, uh, who Alex had brought the, uh, double fire spray in Kanan against the Rebel Alpha. That was a really good match to watch, especially because it was Boba and Hondo along with Kanan. Uh,. Not the usual, like, Kath or, or uh, Emon or anything. Uh, and he actually used Hondo's ability more than once. I watched it happen. <laughs> uh, I watched it happen. I, listen, I, 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 I still didn't believe it even when I saw him put Hondo down on the table. I was still a non-believer. And then I watched some of the stuff Hondo did, and I'm like, okay, there's there's something clearly... Well, one, he made top eight at World, so clearly he's on to something. Yeah. And he's also a very good player. Uh-huh. Um, Say so Ted's been screaming about Hondo for a while. He has. He definitely has. There's there's definitely something. something there. There's some magical um, juices there. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something. Um... Which so Rob, which list out of the top eight would you pick as your favorite? I was just about to launch into that. Uh, who is Ken? Uh, I I've Bartosh. said this before. Bartosh. Yeah, okay. that is Bartosh. His list is really intriguing to me. He's the one who is rocking uh, Han Solo, boy Han Solo, and four freaking A wings. Yeah, it was. It is a very unique list. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that many Rebel A-Wings on the board before. I don't think anyone's seen Boy Han on the board before. No. No. Like, the A-Wings, yes. That Boy Han, no. Yeah. Uh, it turns out uh, engagement uh, level initi- uh, coordinates are really good. Especially at I-6. At, at, that's what I meant by like engagement mm-hmm. initiative uh, yeah, at I-6. Uh, especially on ships with that can link actions. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So like, Ooh. Keo could pot- potentially focus boost into a bullseye for a proton rocket. Yeah. Or having already, already have take, a focus, having already be- taken a target lock. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Derek actually fun. got to use his target lock ability. Who? Derek Clivian. Oh, he has hobby. hobby. Okay, hobby. Yeah, or sorry, yeah. hobby. Yeah, yeah. His his technical name is Derek Livian, but yeah, hobby. Everybody calls him hobby. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell I don't play rebels? Well, this this list is in the top four. You got to know these pilots now. Come on. <laughs> uh-huh. For those that don't know, by the way, hobby's ability is after you acquire or spend a lock, you may remove one red token from yourself. Yep. So hobby could like take a focus. And then be coordinated an action like a target lock from um, 
from Han so he could target lock boost into a shot and then remove his red token from uh, acquiring or spending the lock. There were there were some shenanigans with that list, and I definitely think people didn't because it is so out of left field. I think a lot of people didn't know how to play against it or what the correct way to approach it was. It's a lot have, like yeah, it's a lot like James Sumbo's list in LVO, where he it's just you don't expect that on the table. You don't know what to do with it. Uh, even though it's a rebel list, it looks like a resistance list. Uh -huh. Maybe that's why it speaks to me. <laughs> I I look at this list and I expect to see this at Red Seal or ECG. I wouldn't have expected to see this at Worlds, especially not in the top four. Exactly. I, but, I don't think anyone, everyone at Worlds was talking about that list to some extent. Uh, because, one, because for a while Bartage was top of Swiss uh -huh. uh, as the tournament. He didn't end in first place, but he was in first place for multiple rounds. Uh-huh. So obviously that made people look at that list and go, huh, wait a minute. <laughs> Some, what is first in Swiss? Rebels yeah. with a boy Han? What? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I would fly it. But I would suck I would with that it. list. Yeah. I, I said this at Worlds. Yeah. This list did well. People are going to fly it. And, they're, and this is not a shot at anyone. They're not going to know how to fly it. Nope. Because this is not a just... Like, Boy Vader is a pick-up-and-fly <laughs> ship. Right? Yeah. You can put Boy Vader on this table and do well with him without really, really knowing how to fly him. You need to know how to fly this list to be effective with it. That's yeah. a fair point. Uh, I would say the most difficult thing is probably Boy Vader. Boy Han. Mm -hmm. An A-Wing basically flies itself. Oh, well, so, so yes, but you have to remember it was also partially about putting the A-Wings in the correct positions mm -hmm. to take advantage of Han. Yeah. So you might not fly the A-Wings the way you normally would. No. Because you're playing around with that boy. Now, I, I didn't really get to watch a ton of Bartage's games, so I don't know if he was using up like Han's charges every single turn or every single game. I imagine he was. Do we know if any of his games were streamed? I believe one of them was. Okay. I think. Um. But yeah, that that is a list that definitely requires skill, and it yeah. requires a lot of practice. Also, to put it bluntly, balls are steel. Yeah, because if you screw up once with this list, it's all gonna come crashing down like a stack of cards. Those A wings sometimes they just die. A wing goes pop in one shot. We know this to happen, and it did happen to him. <laughs> and yes, while it might only be three points, maybe four if you're unlucky and you lose Tycho, it's still a fifth of your list, and those A wings you need four of them because otherwise they're only doing chip damage. Mm-hmm. Now, I think all of the A-Wings in that list have a way to do more. Like, Tycho has HLC and Magpulse. Yep. Keo has Proton Rockets. Arvel has Predator and Crackshot. And Derek has Concussion Missiles. So they all have a way to 
push more damage through than their standard two dice attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Han, Han can do that focus evade on the Falcon because it's Boy Han, so he gets focus evade. He gets re rolls on defense while he has the evade, and it's a Falcon, so it has a ton of health. Yep. Uh. So you don't want to, you don't, it, it feels bad to try to shoot the Falcon because it has that token stack with rerolls. But I do think that if you kill that Falcon, the rest of this list falls apart. But that, that, he's got the token stack with rerolls on one green dice. Exactly. Exactly. It's one green dice, but it is a lot of health. And the, the trick is knowing if your list, if you were to fly against this, knowing if your list has the firepower to be able to kill Han in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. If you're spending the entire game trying to chase down and kill Han, you're going to lose. And I mean, he lost against Boy Vader, Backstabber, Mauler, Aiden, Faroff. Mm-hmm. I want to know how that game played out. Because again, we're looking at ships with two red dice primarily. He did lose to the guy that came second in Worlds. That's yeah, the Boy I'm, Vader I'm looking, list. That I'm came looking second. at that list now. Yeah. Um. I that I've to my knowledge because I did watch that game. That game did come down to the final shot of the final round. Oh wow. Um. So that it was still a very close game. The the trick that game was going on while the AMG panel was going on, so everyone was paying half attention to it. Right. <laughs> uh, but I do remember specifically that 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 game came down to the final turn to determine who uh, who won and who moved on. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So last, I want to talk about the final table at Worlds. Because we have a lot to talk about here. So final table at Worlds was Andrew versus Nicholas, FO versus Empire. Uh, it was a 6FO list versus Boy Vader, Three Ties, and Faroth. Two very known lists, right? Um, so it, it was Chance Engagement, that's right, well, people. The final mission of Worlds was chance engagement. Thank you. Um, if only you had been there to give away one of your tokens. I considered it, but I also didn't want to be literally scoffed at. <laughs> so I chose to uh, to hold on to my dignity and not even not even offer it. <laughs> So it was a very good game. Nicholas had taken a like mid-game lead, and Andrew had started to come back. But by the time he had started to come back, time had been called. They only got five rounds in in 75 minutes, which is on the shorter side of how many rounds for an average game of X-Wing, especially for a game like Chance Engagement that doesn't have objectives. Um, in that final turn, Andrew managed to tie the game 13 to 13. 
So, after he tied the game, time was already called. Time was already called. They played the final round. He tied the game. All the judges had to go talk with each other to make a determination on how we resolve the final table at Worlds ending in a draw. Because oh, there man. has to be a winner. Draws seem to be the theme of this whole tournament. Doesn't it, though? Um, so it was determined by the judges that a road roll would be the tiebreaker for Worlds. So both players rolled off, and Nicholas won the road roll and is now the current X-Wing world champion with First Order. I am both ecstatic that First Order won Worlds and also dreading it because this means they're going to get nerfed into the ground. Absolutely. Can't have nice things. <laughs> did, I doubt they did, but did the judges say why they came to the decision they did? Would it not have been better to let's let them play another round? Um, the answer to that is they, I know they interviewed some of the judges on the stream. I don't know if they talked about it because I couldn't really hear them, uh, because of how far away they were so that the, the noise didn't interact with the stream. Um, and I haven't gone back and watched any of the world stream yet, so I can't comment on that, but they did not say it to anyone there to my knowledge. Okay. It was actually kind of funny because the world's table was so crowded. There was a large group of people all just sitting at the regular tables um, watching the finals table that was 15 feet away on our phones. Because <laughs> there just wasn't room. Gotta love it. I mean, this kind of brings me back to what I was saying earlier about this idea of draws. Back in the day, finals to big events used to be unlimited time. You played until there was a winner. So the the big thing, and actually, so as soon as this happened, of course, everyone started talking about it. No surprise. So what a lot of people came down to was Worlds should be 12 rounds or 20 points. No time limit. But 12 rounds are 20 points. If some, if by somehow we can't determine a winner after 12 rounds of X-Wing, this game has much bigger problems. 12 rounds of scenario-based X-Wing sounds exhausting. Most games don't go past 6. Well, and that's the point, is it's 12 rounds, or whichever player reaches 20 points first, like a normal right. game, you just don't have the time limit uh, in effect. It'll be interesting to see what they learn from this and what changes they implement in the next one. I am very excited to see if and when AMG makes any changes to the tournament regs. Uh, after the feedback and whatnot they've had from this event. Um, I'm not expecting massive changes or anything. But I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen. I mean, um, changing tournament regs would go very well with what we're about to talk about next. Exactly. Uh, so to close out on uh, Worlds... 
Uh, did either of you guys have any questions or comments or anything about worlds that you wanted to bring up before we move on? Paul, do you want to go first? Uh, I really don't have that many questions. I mean, unfortunately, this was the first worlds I didn't really get to do much watching of because I was at work and on the Saturday I was playing in the next week tournament. Um, <laughs> So now I don't really have any comments or questions. I've also got to be very careful of the fact that I have a baby. I'm trying to get to sleep. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm so trying to make you include in here. Like, no, no, not me. Yeah, right? So All right, Rob, Chance, go I'll ahead. ask my question. Uh, more overall, how did Worlds feel? Like, how was the atmosphere there? Uh, the atmosphere, honestly, was amazing. Um... Because of everything that's happened in the world and the X-Wing scene over the last couple years, there were a lot of people, both just across the, both in across the United States and also from across the world, that haven't seen each other since 2019, right? So people were really... There was a general air of excitement that Worlds is back. We were playing X, a, a new form of X-Wing... Which I will say, if you look not maybe at the top like two or three, there was actually a relatively even spread of most of the factions. Uh, not so much scum. Um, there was Resistance rebels in the only cut. faction not in the top eight cut. It, 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 exactly right in the top eight. There was only one faction not represented. Um, I don't feel like that's something you could say a lot of the time about previous large competitions. Um, so the the air was ha air was good. The state of the game feels good because there is so diverse. It didn't feel like there was one again, like there was one list that was absolutely dominating. There were multiple six fo lists. Only one of them made top eight. Right. There go my um, chances of being a world champion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, people were just excited to to see each other and hang out and play X-Wing. There were tons of people playing pods and aces high. Um, overall, I think the air was overall positive and happy. Um, you can say what you want about how the final table ended. Uh, it didn't totally sour the mood of the whole day because of what happened. Um... So I think Worlds Happening was just, in general, good for the X-Wing community, because it kind of brought a lot of people back together. Uh, and then to look forward to seeing each other again going forward as more as we get into more and more events, as things open up and seeing what the next, the next Worlds looks like, uh, which will, I'm pretty sure, will almost definitely be at Adepticon again. I'm glad to hear it because uh, there's sometimes a lot of doom saying online and sometimes your local nights might kind of plunge in popularity, but they see that the game is in a very healthy state and we're actually looking forward to the future and there's more stuff coming. It, it, it feels good and we're in a good spot. Exactly, exactly. And to segue into the next thing we wanted to talk about, um, in all of my rounds uh, after the game, had, you know, small little conversations with my opponent, how the game went, and just the game in general. And what we were excited to hopefully hear from AMG um, at Worlds, because we knew there was going to be some kind of announcement. 
And the thing I had said is I was excited to hopefully get an announcement for organized play going forward. Because I think that's something that would really help kickstart the game a little more and keep things going. And all of my opponents agreed. We were more excited to see organized play mm -hmm. than we were to see new product. We're always excited to see new product, but that was what everyone really wanted. Uh, so, Rob, if you would like to start off with what uh, AMG announced at their panel that was happening during Worlds. So, I'm happy to say that AMG caught me off guard. Uh, there had been one OP uh, kit leaked uh, a couple months ago that I was pretty confident was real. And it turns out it was. Uh, they announced a new store championship kit that came with all of the cards that we'd already known about <clears throat> and some other cool stuff. Uh, it sounds like it does come with an invite to Full Worlds, which there's uh -huh. a little bit of ambiguity about, which is really exciting. Uh, since this kit has been announced, I don't know how other uh, communities' Discord is, but every store in our Discord is like, oh, we're going to get a store championship, which is super exciting. Yeah, have everybody like, amped up and be like, oh, we're going to get have a whole schedule of tournaments again. It feels like you're back in 2019. It's real good. Um, more exciting because we didn't see this one coming at all. There's also like a smaller play kit called Children of Mandalore that looks like it might be a bit more scenario based, uh, similar to Droid Soccer, but it looks more fun just from the outset. There's a lot of cool <laughs> pieces in there. Yeah, no, the 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 excitement it just so not even just the excitement of the players that store champs are coming back because everyone loves store champs. They've always been a favorite. But seeing the stores themselves excited that store champ kits are available again and working to coordinate to make sure that, like, they all order them and they don't all, like, schedule their store champs at the same time. It's, like, almost exciting to see because uh, it, it's, it's reminiscent of how things were before with store champs and everything. And I, 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 I was so happy when I saw this announcement. Um, like, the world's invite thing is, in my opinion, just icing on the cake uh, yeah. that store champs are coming back. Um, but I'm just excited to play in an actual tournament series, travel to multiple stores to play in one. Don't get me uh -huh. wrong, monthly tournaments are fun. Store champs are where it's at. Plus, you get it, bragging rights. Yeah. It feels nice to go back into the old days where every weekend you had a different regional to travel to. Exactly. Exactly. Um... And the prizes don't look... We, we haven't seen everything in these boxes, obviously. But the prizes don't look bad, either. Yeah, some nice cardboard and some nice cards in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Little Poe Dameron poster. Yeah. Uh, AMG needs to make dice, but... Well, I'm happy with what we got. The, I dice would be more. nice. I could not agree more. That's what everyone always... Like, templates are cool. Dice are cooler. The black hype, the black hyperspace trial dice, but with red tokens you can actually see would be nice. <laughs> there were actually quite a few people at Worlds who had taken their black hyperspace dice and painted the red symbols like gold or something. They they painted mm -hmm. them another color. Um, that was Zach is, did that, didn't he? Is that legal? It is. Yes. yes. Okay. Cool. You're not allowed to modify the dice any other way than changing the color of the symbols yeah. to something that's okay. more easily uh, readable. So, like, if you make those black hyperspace dice, the greens on the evades and stuff, that's easy to see. Yeah. It's the the hits and the crits 
and the focus results on the bla on the attack dice that are hard. But if you change that to like gold or silver, it pops a lot more and actually mm -hmm. makes them good dice. Yeah, I've got myself a <laughs> I've got a silver sharpie ready to go to my attack dice when I finally get around to doing it. Yeah, there were multiple people I played that actually had done that. Uh, I don't know how I didn't think of that, but it makes a lot of sense, and it makes those gray, smoky hyperspace dice not a dread to play with. <laughs> I, I Maybe it's because I'm super hyped because I finally got a pair, uh, thanks to Will. Uh, thank you so much, Will. Very generous of him. But uh, I haven't modified them at all. I just like rolling them. They look really nice. That's reasonable, but like when you actually play in like a tournament and you roll them, and your opponent has to like squint and yeah. lean over the table to see what the results were, and you do too. <laughs> um, that's a fair point, but I'm usually the judge that's called over, so this is true. I mean, also I fair. I don't mind doing it to other people because I was until I won them, I was always the one doing the squinting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my, my turn. time now, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Very, very fair. Um, but yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm also, because as Rob, as you uh, are fully aware, I was very out on droid soccer. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, Children of Mandalore, again, there's very little to go on, but this looks like, quote-unquote, more standard X-Wing. Droid soccer is very uh -huh. gimmicky. This looks like just a different scenario. Droid soccer, I think, is something you play after a tournament, like Aces High, but with less stakes. 100%. Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, it's like something you do, but in, instead of pods and Aces High. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, st I'm actually interested to see more about that Children of Mandalore kit, because I might... I, is that some, that's something we would buy, right? The... Or no, it's an organized both play of those, kit, so it is Both the of store. those kits are something that the store would buy. Uh, from the looks of it, Children of the Mandalore, it looks like one of those kits you run over the course of several weekly nights, mm -hmm. as opposed to like a, a big tournament. It's yeah. the, um, they started doing that just before COVID, didn't they? Yes, they, yes, they did. did. The weekly did. store kits, yeah. Yeah, FFG actually had a, a, this is a bit of a segue, but FFG actually had a really cool thing they had planned going into 2020, where they had like a cute little mission-based weekly play kit, and you had alt arts, and on the other side, they had like mission statements, like, oh, you need to kill three ships, mm -hmm. and you like got experience to get more prizes out of the kit. It was neat. It never got mm -hmm. to launch, though, because of what happened. And then they got bored, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so we will see what the Children of Mandalore kit uh, entails, and hopefully we see more details about what is in the uh, Store Champ kit as well. But that is not the only thing that AMG announced at nope. uh, at nope. Worlds. We've uh, we've got a bunch of product about everybody's favorite Star mm -hmm. Wars movie. I mean, what? I don't know if I've ever seen it. You've never seen Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I've seen Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I thought that was everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. Sorry. That's the scenario <laughs> I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the chase through the asteroid field scenario pack Ooh. where the rebel player just has a Millennium Falcon. Ooh. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I actually... Um, AMG, quick, make it happen. Quick side note. Uh, I, I had just gotten new templates uh, that uh, Rob here had put an order in for a bunch of people, and I got Empire templates, and all of them have a quote from the movies on the I templates. Know exactly you're going with this. And the range three of uh, ruler specifically states um 
Asteroids do not concern me. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> they all have the the one hard just says do it. Do it. Um it's the only quote you can put on there. It is, but it's perfect. Uh um, such giant dorks. I'm gonna have right. to practice <laughs> with those. But uh yeah, so the Battle of Endor scenario pack. More original trilogy, X Wing versus TIE Fighters, right? Uh... What's that? The, the sad thing for? is, like, I, I'm, I'm not super stoked about more original trilogy content. Uh, I'm Except very no one ever unabiasedly a sequel player. Like that's what I am. But I'm probably <laughs> gonna love this scenario. It looks like I, a lot of fun. I actually, all the people I talked to said that this is this scenario has the setup, the the like the potential to be one of the most fun scenarios to play. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, just, uh, just because of what it's around. Like, how thematic they've made the previous scenarios. They have a lot to work with in Endor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so exactly. it could be really good if it's done right. And I've been a fan of the previous scenarios that have come out. So, even though it's not the one I want, I will still buy it and enjoy it. Plus, I, the wedge well, that it comes with looks dope. I'm about to say, whether you like the scenarios or not, I think anyone that plays Empire or uh, Rebels will be buying that scenario pack based on some of the uh, some of the little things they gave us. One hundred percent standardized defender loadout. Yes, please. <laughs> Without token stacking, which is probably making going to make it cheaper. I yes. really hope it, it is cheaper. I, I would be... Because TIE Defender is one of my favorite ships in Star Wars. It's because it's amazing. All right, I'm going to turn in my podcaster card now. Uh, I had not read the standard loadout TIE Defender before this. I didn't realize it had a completely different ability. This looks really cool. It can't token stack. Nope. It's a lot more offensive in multiple yeah, no, senses. Yeah, that's awesome. It actually spends shields to get the range 1 bonus. Yeah. Because he's diverting power from shields to weapons, I'm guessing it is the theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, That's it also, but it, I love it. It also has a charge-based version of the uh, the double tapping of the Tie Defender. Oh, the old the old um, Tie D title. Correct. It's I after you. It's, Captain Yor in the Tie Defender is after you perform a primary attack that hits, you may spend one charge of which he has two to perform a bonus cannon attack, and the cannon he has is an ion cannon. This is some really good design space. So a lot of the ships in X-Wing feel, like, abusive because of how crazy they can do double positioning. This uh -huh. takes FFG's charges and applies it to that. It's like, you can double position once. Use yeah. it well. That's really cool. Also notice the action bar on this defender is different because this has focus, target lock, barrel roll boost, and evade yes. linked to a red barrel roll. That's yep. Sick. Because they know full well if you're evading, chances are you think you're in trouble, so you might as well barrel roll to a block or try an arc dodge. And I think thematically, evading and barrel rolling, like in like a thematic sense, makes sense. You're evading and you're doing a barrel so, roll maneuver. Yeah. Which is an attempt to a, like avoid fire. So having those linked together makes sense. If you go back to any of the TIE Defender scenes in Rebels, when they are specifically flying defensively rather than just erratically, they are rolling left and right, not jinking. Yep. yep. I was uh, constantly barreling when I flew a TIE Defender as a ten year old child. 
I mean, the last time I flew a tight defender, I was constantly barrel rolling blast because the yaw axis on my joystick was broken. <laughs> it's very, wow. very difficult to play squadrons with the broken joystick. I'm just going to say that now. I can't even imagine. Uh, but to quickly cover the rest of what Yor does, so the new chassis ability is after you fully execute a speed 3 to 5 maneuver, like a defender, you may can you can do a target lock. Uh, so you still get that tied defender go fast, get an extra action. So if you go fast, you can get double modded shots with Captain Yor, right? Because you get focused target lock. Uh, and you still they're still going to have a white 4K, right? That doesn't go away. Yeah, they're um, not going to come out with a new dial for the same chassis. That, no. That's no. sacrilege. Uh, and then while attacking, if you're not stressed, you can spend a shield to apply the range one bonus. So you could do like a three bank focus target lock, spend a shield, and then make a four die attack. Yep. And then if it hits, you can spend a charge and do an ion cannon shot into them afterwards. With four dice. I don't know how that works. I would say that that would not work. Theoretically, it's once per opportunity, and this is a separate opportunity. Correct. Yeah, you would have to spend the shield again. Yeah. Which probably isn't worth it for an ion cannon. If it's only got one hull left. True. Very true. Um, But then the other things it has is Predator, um, Computer-Assisted Maneuver, which is a single charge, which after you fully execute a maneuver, you can spend it to do a booster barrel roll. So once per game, you get a free booster barrel roll with whatever other action as long as you complete your maneuver, which that's really good. That's Mm -hmm. what I was talking about. That fixes X-Wing. Game's fixed. We can all go home. Everything gets boost and barrel roll, but sometimes it's only once per game. No, every, every ship that already has boost and barrel gets a standard loadout and it's attached to charges instead. Your Kylo can't maneuver all the time. You can only maneuver when it matters. Ooh. Or it comes or it comes with a downside. Which, Which if we come to the wedge in card in a minute, yeah. Or um, or you can make it two charges, one recurring. Like, the, the, this design space is like amazing. Commander and I love it. Like Commander Poe. Right, Pope. exactly. <clears throat> the, the last thing I want to talk about is the, uh, the talent that's for, like, the scenario for the Empire, which is no escape. Uh, which is while you perform a primary attack, if there are more friendly ships to the defender than other uh, ships range zero to one, you can re-roll one of your blank results. Interesting. That's potentially really good. That's an anti. That's anti swarm tech right there. Well, no, it's if there's Wait. more friendly ships. So, so next you are defender, defender. Yeah. Then other ships. That may, that's very thematic for the Empire. You're overwhelming the enemy. Exactly. Oh, it's the exactly. other way. Yeah, it's the other way around. Hang on a minute. <clears throat> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, the tie defender I'm has friends. Myself. He gets to re-roll his dice. Oh. Only okay. blanks, but that's still good. All my dice are blanks, so. <laughs> What's I hate saying, I feel like I've said this a hundred times about SLs. What really matters, though, is how much this costs. Because the cheapest tie defender is seven points. We and admittedly, this, six. this, this is still an I-4. We might see this be seven, but I imagine it, we'll probably see a six-point defender. 
that opens up a lot of interesting stuff in standard list building too. It really does. And then an SL six finally get the three defender list we've been asking for since (laughs) 2.0 started. No, AMG is our savior. I didn't even think of that, Rob. Your mind's on the right as track. Someone who was on the playtesting right team, as someone who was on the playtesting team in one point that came up with the three defender list, no, no one wants that anymore. <laughs> That's what you the, think. The tie oh, no, X seven title was a mistake. So, going off of the tie defender, uh, Rob or Paul, would you like to talk about SL Wedge? I really like SL Wedge, but I don't have the card up in front of me. Um, all right, I'll dive in. Yeah. Uh, SL Wedge is a beast. I think the first thing we talk about is his action bar. Uh, he has different actions and linked actions than a standard T65. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a focus into a red boost, which is nuts. Uh, he has a target lock. He has an evade into a barrel roll into a red focus, and then he has a, just a white boost. So he has a lot of different opportunity. It's kind of similar to a Fang Fighter, where he can kind of move around at different True. things and still get his token without the uh, decrease of his attack from the foils. But, so, so yes, without the decrease of the attack from the foils? Uh, you're, I see it. You, if you boost, you get a deplete. Exactly. So it has a new ship ability, which is locked S-foils. So you basically get both sides of the S-foil card, but you don't have to constantly flip it back and forth to remember when you need to boost or barrel roll. I think this is the best way to do it. This does look fantastic. I think uh, this. I, also... I think all X, S-foils for X-Wings should work this way. Uh, I just want to give the money because there's a piece that says it's a trap on here. That's, <laughs> that's prime Star Wars. Nice. Also, Wedge has a very Obi-Wan-like ability where if he uh, hits, he just gains his focus back, which is pretty great. You, so you can safely spend it on offense or just stack it if you know you're taking a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, it's a trap to go into it. These are hard to read. Uh, it says, while defending, if there are more friends... Oh, it's the uh, it's the opposite of the uh, the Imperial one. If you have buddies, you can... Reroll a def- re-roll. defense die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that makes sense. What makes I'm... sense. The Empire has the offensive version, and the Rebels have the defensive mm-hmm. version. Absolutely. And then Predator, Advanced Torpedoes, and R2A3. Ooh, that's neat. After you perform an attack, you may spend a charge to acquire a lock. Oh, then charge. Stressbot, what have they done to you? Uh, Rob, <laughs> there's one other thing about Wedge that's different that you haven't mentioned. He has extra health. He does. Yes. He's a T-70 he has the health now. line of a T-70. Yup. That's nuts. Alright, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna buy a Rebel Conversion Kit. <laughs> now, this, this, honestly, I think this is, like, one of the coolest, because I don't play Rebels, but I still think Wedge Antilles is one of, like, the coolest pilots from, you know, reading the books and everything. Mm-hmm. But I hate flying against him on the other side of the table, because that ability is so oppressive. More. Huh? You're going to hate this one a lot more. <laughs> I don't think I will. No, I don't think you will, because he's no. not throwing a torpedo at you at minus one agility. That's yeah. fair. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's he looks more fun, less oppressive. Yeah. Harder yeah. to kill. The advanced... he's, well, he's harder to kill. He sounds more fun to fly because he is more maneuverable than the, the standard wedge. 
And both because he doesn't have tor a regular torpedo and he doesn't have the negative agility, I think he might be cheaper. Ooh. I don't think he'll be cheaper because Boy Wedge is five. Yeah, he's probably still coming in a six. Also, the art on this card is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Wedge and Tycho together again. I was going to say, they should give a Tycho alt art. This the same art, just kind oh, of a little offset. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I hadn't considered that at all. Is the Falcon SL going to be the, the same art as well? Because the Falcon's right behind him. Yeah. Or maybe you had the Tycho be the same art, but from a different vantage point. Maybe from Could behind. Be from behind. Yeah. Did they... So, uh, one, so we don't have confirmation of this, but one thing I want to throw at you, Rob, because on my trip to Adepticon, I finished a particular Star Wars book. Uh-oh. Oh, um, you know who was at the Battle of Endor that could really use an SL card because their standard pilot card is trash? Who's that? Sienna Ree. Ooh, that's true. Also, Sienna, yeah. Sienna Ree was at the Battle of Endor. She was. Sienna Ree was at every battle. They, yes. they managed to ham-fist her into every single important part of the original trilogy, <laughs> for better or worse. She wasn't She wasn't at Yavin. That's true, okay. No, she got back after Yavin. Yes. If she'd been there, she'd be dead. <laughs> but uh, but I, I am actually like excited to see an SL Sienna Ree that's actually good, because the current one is terrible. I... Ahead, I want to see what they do if they do a SL Thankarel card. That's the other. That, so because of the the book I, I uh -huh. finished, I'm both excited to see an SL. Even though I hate rebels, I'm excited to see an SL Thane card. For a young adult book, Lost Stars was fantastic. It really was. It really was. You, you definitely have to go into it knowing it's a young adult book. Don't expect mm -hmm. anything amazing, but it was still a really good story. Uh, small aside there, club. right? I love but, Lost uh, Stars. I just I, they did ham fist every every OT scene in there. Like she drives the Tie Fighters in the asteroid belt. Like come on. Anyway, um, well, they but couldn't. Yeah, do, a, but they also couldn't do Yavin because they'd already put Iden Versio at Yavin. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But yeah, so we are. I think even if you're not a Rebel or Empire player, if you enjoy the original trilogy. I think you should be at least somewhat excited for this scenario pack. Either both to just play the scenario, mm -hmm. or just to see some more of your favorite pilots from the original trilogy on the... Like, we're gonna get an SL Lando. There's yep. no uh -huh. question we're gonna get an SL Lando. And Probably some SL B-Wings, too. Uh, you, know, no uh, you know what oh. uh, has been confirmed? Um, Arvel is in the scenario pack. Mm -hmm. He's got to be. The scenario is about attacking, is partially about attacking the Super Star Destroyer. Interesting. Oh, I can't wait to see the cardboard token they use for the Executor. Yeah. Arvel has an ability, a uh, mechanic, about smacking into the bridge. That's one thing I was going to mention. Uh, both of these SL cars that they've shown us look pretty uh, standard play. Most SL cards, at least for one side, have something geared towards the scenario, and maybe it's because we don't know what the scenario is yet, but uh -huh. there doesn't seem to be anything on either side of these cards, which is both good and bad. True. Just is. True. But, uh, uh... Chance, though. This this pack has the opportunity to completely rejuvenate the TIE Interceptor. It really does. It really They tried doing it with the Yavin, with the Sigmas, and, and Aiden. 
yeah, those did not land. Hopefully they do better with these. I, yeah. I mean, the I... Sigmas are fun. They're just not mm, good. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, they're not. SL soon to your fell anyone? Right. Um... <laughs> it would be very interesting if they decided to do that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but talking about other expanded universe things that they're bringing back, uh, we got the first look at the new YT-2400. Complete uh, with multi-faction goodness. Yes, which actually, I guess, isn't expanded universe anymore, because I think it showed up in Rebels. Yes, it did. Yep. But Dash, which... Rendar, and Lebo are definitely expanded universe still. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if, um, uh, what was their team name? Iron something? Uh, Iron Squadron. Iron yep. Squadron. I was close. I wonder if they're going to be in this pack. I would hope so. I would think. Disney just crams them in there. <clears throat> if we get a wedge flying the YT-2400. That'd be great. <laughs> um, Yeah, so yeah, we're getting SL cards for Rebels and Scum for this ship. So, another dual faction. I am... I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Seriously? Okay, Dash Rendar's cannon. Since when? Since the book Unfinished Business. Well, Which I think is a tie-in to Solo A Star Wars Story. Guys, you want to start a book club? Yes. Okay. Man. okay Falling Star actually got me back into wanting to read uh, Star Wars books again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been considering rereading all of the uh, the Rogue Squadron books. Yo, the Wraith Squadron books are better. Which ones? The Wraith Squadron ones. I see, but I want to. So I've heard that. I want to read all the Rogue Squadrons again, and yeah. then read Wraith Squadron. Well, that it's one through four is Rogue. Three, five through seven is Wraith. Eight is Rogue. Nine is something completely different. Ten is just weird. <laughs> That's I have plenty to catch up on, but I got to read through the Rogue Squadron ones first before I even worry about Wraith Squadron. But I, I'm gonna do it. That's. That's on my list now. Uh, Falling Stars got me back into wanting to read Star uh -huh. Wars again. Um, but right, yeah, let's, so let's talk the about changes. The changes to the YT twenty four hundred. It is no longer a four die gun. I don't think anyone should be surprised by this. Nope. There's um, still going to be people upset by it, though. Sure. Oh well. Um, it had to happen. Yeah. There was no way that four-die gun was staying in the game in its current state. No. We saw what happened. Um, so the ship keeps the sensor blackout as well. So it's three-die gun, only two dice at range one. Although, actually, I guess it's still just three dice, because now it's just roll one fewer attack die. So you would still get the range one bonus, but then roll one less. So you yes. only get... Three reds at range one, not two. That makes more sense. It does. I agree. Uh, the flip side is while you defend at range one, you also roll one fewer defense die. Ooh. Because that was one of the big things, is that this was a ten health large base ship with two green dice. Mm -hmm. It was very survivable. Yep. Nice Especially because of the base. token stacking it could do. Um, Now... If you get range one shots on this, this thing's a Falcon without all the crazy Falcon rerolls. Uh, but then the we're basing off the from what we can see, which is the uh, SL Scum Dash Rendar. 
Um, after you gain a red token as a result of moving through or overlapping an obstacle, you can transfer that red token to a friendly ship range 0 to 1. So that only really applies to... It doesn't apply to, to asteroids at all, only debris and potentially uh, gas clouds. Um, you've got Mercenary, which is after another friendly ship at range 0 to 2 is destroyed, you may transfer its a green token from it to you. So if a friendly ship dies, they can give Dash their focus or evade or something. That's such a scum thing, it's not even funny. <laughs> uh, we have Seeker Missiles, which is a 4-charge, 3-die attack, range 2 to 3, which is during the... Uh, Modified dice step, you can spend up to two charges to change focus results to up to two focus results to hit results. That's neat. Um, so yeah, you can kind of keep your arc in the sides and then keep this as a front arc attack, and you can target lock and still have mods for it potentially. I think it's pretty neat. Um, then you've got Lebo, which is after you repair a damage card, you may perform an action from your action bar. That's pretty Which, nifty. For huge base ships, that is huge. Pun not intended. Because <laughs> um, huge bases tend to have a lot of health, so they tend to uh, get a lot of crits on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so not having to decide between fixing that console fire or that hull breach versus a focus token is a big deal. Uh, and then lastly... The title for the YT-2400 Outrider. While you perform a primary rain attack at range 3, roll one additional attack die. He basically has trick shot. Yep. Sort of built in. Um, but it's only at range 3. So it doesn't actually have to be... It's not like trick shot. It's just at range 3. So you get, still get your 4 die, but only at range 3. Also, while you perform an attack that is obstructed... Uh, by an obstacle, you may change one of the defender's evades to a focus. So he Ooh, gets juke. juke when he makes obstructed shots. It very much fits with his theme of, I'm going to fly through rocks, do the daredevil mm -hmm. stuff. Um, didn't one of the cards also say that when you perform an attack, you ignore the effects of obstacles you are overlapping? No. That, so that you're thinking of, the... Custom Rebel Dash. Oh, right. We still talking His about, yeah, ship okay. ability is during engagement. You may ignore the effects of obstacles that you are overlapping. Right. The Scum Dash has the pass off red tokens from obstacles. Uh. Um, and then we also can see that there is an SL Lebo. Lebo's back in the game because Lebo! they can make him not busted. Um, if you did not know, you could break Lebo. In uh, when when it was legal, they had to take Lebo's crew slot away because <laughs> um, he could basically, if with with his crew slot, he could have unlimited calculate tokens. Those were the days. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't the <laughs> days. But so he he got his crew slot removed. Uh, so SL Lebo is how you fix that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I will be buying one of these just because I love the YT-2400, thanks to Shadows of the Empire. Um, and I, I... What do you... How do you guys feel about the cross-faction ships? I... I... Go ahead, Paul. 
I just love how both of us went I and then trailed off. <laughs> I really like it because it now means that players don't necessarily have to buy out of faction if they want an additional ship. So, for example, if I wanted two Scum Y2 1300s, but I could only physically buy one, I'd have to buy a Rebel one or a Resistance one. Because the dial is more or less the same, but it's the ship that's different, and I've got the tiles I need. The ability to buy a ship and have it count for two factions from scratch is a great idea. I would like to see that happen with more. Um, I'm a big fan of thinking that maybe it would be nice if Empire got the fire spray back, for example. Oh my god, Ooh. please. Not necessarily with any of the pilots that are currently available. I would be okay with a Boba Fett, but with a totally different pilot ability. I would also be really happy if, for example, the Republic got the fire spray with a bunch of judicial branch pilots, because that's who the fire spray was made for. Because it's sure. a cop vessel, absolutely. Uh, I don't think the Empire needs more help. Do not give them a fire spray. No, no, give me a fire like I do not like playing Empire, but I like the I like the aesthetic and I like the theme of them just having everything because they are the Empire. Paul is a man of principle. They if they want it, they can just pay for it. Yep. Well There's a some... card that does that in the game. <laughs> it's an epic card. It's called Bounty. That's how you get your fire spray into Empire, sir. Did I just break the chat? I'm sorry. Well, Rob, what? How do you feel about the the double faction ships? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I could literally argue this either way. Uh, I think it's cool as a player for me to be able to buy an expansion and be able to use it with multiple factions. Uh, being able to use my gauntlet in five factions gives me a lot of versatility. It's really cool. Uh, however, from a design perspective, I feel like it dilutes faction identity. Uh. I can agree with that. I do like, in this specific case, Scum getting this, because Scum, and correct me if I'm wrong, do not have a three red die turret ship. The closest thing they have is the Falcon, which is a situational two, three to four die You're ship. You're going to make me look something up. Uh, Shadowcaster isn't even standard legal, is it, though? Say the Shadowcaster probably is a three die ship, isn't it? Well, but turret specific, like a uh, 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 bow tie turret, they do not. Okay. They have plenty of large base needs... ships with a three red or three red with a turret, like right. the, like Jumpmaster for per se, sort of. But they don't have a three red bow tie turret. The only bow tie they have is the the Lando's Falcon. So I don't think does... Scum needs a large ship, period. But sure, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. This, I, I agree. This is a good thematic addition to the faction. Yeah. Even it, though, it, from a very basic design standpoint, I, I still maintain that point. I, yeah. I can't disagree with you there. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to see this ship back in the game, in a not busted state because I like this ship because Star Wars. I just hated playing against Dash Rendar. 
Well, now you can join us and play Dash Rendar. You have a Fang Fighter. You're going to have a YT-2400. You're one ship away from a scum list now, Chance. I am. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We'll we'll see what that third ship ends up being. It's probably going to be a Fire Spray. Oh, man. Can I play Fen Dash in a Fire Spray? Because I will fly that in a heartbeat. Might not be Fen in the Fang Fighter, but I guarantee you can fit a Fang Dash and a fire spray of some sort, I'm sure. Maybe not we'll Dash. We'll see. One of the 1-2400s will probably be around that point level. Um, Don't quote me on the math. So the last expansion to round this all out that got announced, I think is near and dear to a very specific person in this podcast, and that is Rob. Yes. Uh, I touched on this last week a bit when I talked about uh, my daughter's Thai princess ship when we talked about the starter kits and now I'm happier because I don't have to buy a starter kit to get these cards. I just have to buy a double pack because every single ship has to be a double pack now. (laughs) (laughs) But that that's still uh, less money. So that's happy. I'm glad we're finally getting SL cards for it too. That's really exciting. That SL Tomax looks pretty good too. They're they're, uh, really doing a good job naming these talents. True grit is a fantastic name for a talent. It really is. <laughs> <clears throat> you got plasma torpedoes, ion bombs, and a really neat ability to go with it. After you perform a power roll, you may spend the two charges. If you do, gain a focus. Cool. Yeah, you know. So you can Mend barrel it. roll, red target lock, and then spend two charges to get a focus token. Fire off a plasma torpedo with double modded. Mm-hmm. Out and you from can behind do that a rock. Every other turn. And then that true grit is at the end of the activation phase. If you are not stressed, you may gain. Does that say stress token? I think it's strain token. To remove a non-lock red or orange token. Okay. You know, I'm like getting the old. stress. Hmm? Like the stress. But it says if you are not stressed. Oh, yeah. Duh. Also, that's start of activation. So that's before you move. I, you know, here's judge question. How would that work with Ion? Hmm. I mean, you've already dialed in your Ion maneuver, but it would theoretically get rid of your Ion token. Which would mean you're free to do things like target locks, barrel rolls, Correct. ETC. But you'd still have to dial in your uh, Ion maneuver that you dialed. But also, based on the rules now, you, it doesn't have to be a one speed. Uh, the rules specifically indicate that when you're Ionized, you pick a bearing, and then you do a one speed of that yeah. bearing. So if you know you're going to remove your ion with true grit, you can change your dial to whatever you want, as long as it's not a turn. Like, you legally can't select a turn. But, yeah. that that That's that's a good question, Chance. That opens up a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Maybe the TIE Bombers are going to be relevant. I, I, I'm excited to see, to make TIE Bombers relevant again. TIE Bombers, yes. I'm, I'm very excited to see them come back. They weren't at Endor, though, were they? Yes, they were. Yes, they Don't were. Don't worry about it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get some more of those cards in the Endor pack too. Neither were tie defenders, so anything is game. No, we could see true. sell decimators in the Endor pack for all we know. That would be great if Endor had everything except for tie fighters. There was not a single tie line in that pack. <laughs> I don't think there will be. We already got all the SL tie fighters. Like, yeah, just give me all the other stuff: tie interceptors, yeah. tie bombers. Yeah, let's take a decimator. Tie defenders. I'm in there. Tie Avenger. Yeah. Oh my. Rob, don't say that. 
Sorry. Don't, don't you don't you tease me like that. Listen, right, and so... in the in the art for for um for Captain Yor, if you look at it the right way, that tie interceptor kind of looks like a tie Avenger. It's definitely a tie interceptor though. No, it is, but I want to dream. Yeah. No. We've already got the one TIE Fighter video game ship coming out. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, they just tease us with that single image saying, hey, we haven't forgot about this ship that you totally want, but we're not going to give you any details about it. Piss off. Like, <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's not That's wrong. That's exactly what it is. Like, <laughs> True. He's not wrong. Just want to remind you, we're still working on this. So, so real quick, to round this out, to round everything out, what are some of your hopes to see on the Starwing? Um, I want it to be viable. Yes. Yeah, but like, what's a way you would make, what's something you would do with it to make it viable? I remember, this ship is getting completely revamped, so everything is on the table. I, you know my answer to this. My answer is to make it fully dedicated as a gunboat and then release the missile boat separately, but they're not going to do that. No. Um, the other alternative, the problem is, is if you do that with the gunboat, it loses slam. Why would it lose slam? Because the gunboat never had the slam engine, and the missile boat did. If we're going, if we're going law, if we're going law accurate, the missile boat had the slam engine because it was designed to counter the tie defender. You would That's slam right. to catch up with it, and then you would throw as many concussion missiles as you physically could at it, and hope you hit something. All right, all right. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I I thought the assault gunboat was fine in two point I guess yeah, I'm in was. the minority in that. I know, I agree. I just think it was priced out by the amount of upgrades it needed to be viable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the answer is to make a standard loadout card with advanced slam, a good munition like proton or advanced proton. Or a cannon. Maybe, yeah, and one or, one or other couple things in there. Like, you don't need those title cards anymore. Just make the SLs applicable to the weapons you want to load it with, and make sure you can't do other dumb stuff with it, and the ship will be perfectly viable on its own. One thing I know I had talked about with some other people, because we saw what happened with auto blasters, right? Um, on some ships it was fine, on others it was completely busted. Um, mm-hmm. How would you feel about faction-specific cannons? I'm shocked they don't uh... exist yet already. As a matter of fact, they do exist already, because Underslung Blaster Cannon is locked to resistance. Such a such a viable card. Yeah, I, I just think faction specific cannons would let you make a cannon for that would be good on the gunboat that or, might be completely busted on something else, but you don't have to worry about it. I mean, you could also just do that with standard loadouts and put auto blaster True. on the gunboat loadout card and call it a day. Or you could make chassis specific cannons, bring would back the mangler blasters... cannon, but tie it just to the gunboat. Yeah, exactly. So, like, would auto blasters be that broken on a gunboat? Probably not. Exactly. I think it would depend which one. Yeah. Sky's the limit. They they can design it from the ground up to work with it. Paul, do you have any any hopes or, or ideas on things they could do to the Starwing? I liked the Starwing in the way it was. I thought it was very thematic to the design space it occupied in the video games in that it was not necessarily the fastest ship nor was it the most maneuverable but it was fairly well armed and it was rugged it could take a it could take a beating and still do what it needed to do i would like it if it had 
uh, some maybe something like synced cannons or some ability to like not necessarily double tap. Oh, oh, double tap link, double tap no, 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 no. by charge. What if the Mangler cannon came back and worked more and worked kind of like the proton cannon where it's charge based? I just said that. Not no. I'd say in the same way it always worked, in that it basically acts like a three dice proton torpedo. Potentially. So, I'm just going back to now my Thai D my Thai um D testing days when we were testing it. We put the pro put Mangler cannons on the defender. That was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> there was a reason the cannon that was allowed on the Thai D title came down to three points. Uh, the playtesting works. The playtesting does. The playtesting does work sometimes, and then you get the Nantex. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about bringing back the Mangler Cannon as a assault gunboat exclusive. You you could even oh, you know what you could do for the type for the um for the assault gunboat because the assault gunboat was an assault craft. You give it missiles or torpedoes, like you give it whatever. And it adds one charge to the number it can carry. So, for example, you get four concussion missiles. Or three proton torpedoes. But you take yeah. away the reload. But you, yeah, but you don't. it doesn't have reload. That's interesting. That might be hmm. abusive. And when you consider that the highest initiative is probably still going to be four... I wouldn't be surprised if there's a five. Yeah, we'll yes. see. Yes. I, I don't... Has a ship come out that didn't have an I-5 pilot? Not that I'm aware of. Not counting the droids? Uh... The Rogue class? Well, that got Dirge. an I-5. Cat, is Cad Bane a 4? Cad Bane's Cad, a 4. Cad Dirge Bane's is a four. 5. But yeah, Dirge, Dirge did come out five. with the ship, though. Dirge came out with the card pack. Sure. I doubt no. we're going to get pilots for the the Alpha class after the ship just released. No. <laughs> Didn't you know the Alpha class Starwing was at the Battle of Endor? Well, also hey, most, now we're in there. The, most of the things at the Empire were Endor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that is... That basically wraps up everything that AMG announced for uh, for X-Wing. We got organized play. We got uh, two guaranteed, two peaks of ships with one more tease. And then a scenario kit, which is interesting for everyone, either it's, whether it's for the scenario itself, which I'm excited to find out more about. Um, I think I'm more excited for this to find out more about this scenario than the other two. Um, yeah, and some really cool SLs because the the design of the SL cars in Endor for both Yor and Wedge, I really like. I think these are some of the best. I think the the early SL cards were just take a ship. They, they were quick builds, right? The some of the yeah. first SLs just felt like a quick build. Yeah, yeah, they're getting a. Again, they're entering very new, very fun design space with these. It's clear they've yes. got their footing into the game when they have a better idea of what they're doing with it. Like, compare Wedge to the first SLs. Like SL uh, Yavin mm -hmm. Luke? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the new SLs, I think, are something to be really excited about because they're going into those more unique... We, we saw, like, the peak of it, right, with, like, the attack speed and stuff. We got, got a little inkling of it. Yep. Um... But yeah, like like Rob said, they're really starting to to flesh it out and and uh and go into new interesting spaces with all of the ships. So I am I am very excited to see because let's be real, depending on what the rest of this Endor pack looks like, will be a um because I think the Endor pack comes out first. I would assume so. Um, once first we see what, what these are before the like, new other ships. Hmm. First before what? Before the other ships? The YT and the bomber. Okay. Uh, did they give dates at the panel? They, I think something was May? Or was that the... The new starter packs are May. Uh, that's what I had for May. Okay, okay. yeah. I know they're this year. Uh, I don't think they gave a specific month. But what I, what I was going to get at is, once Endor comes out and we get a look at all the SL pilots and stuff in it... I think that will give us a much better idea of what to look forward to from the rest of the content that AMG comes out with in the future. Absolutely. It's taken us a long time to get here. AMG has really, for better or worse, taken their time kind of molding and crafting the game. But now we are at the station and we're boarding the hype train and we are going forward (laughs) 110%. Choo choo. Let's roll. It only took the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. There it is. <laughs> so, but yeah, with that, I think we're all excited for one reason or another about content for X-Wing going forward, which I think that alone says a lot. Whether it's organized play store champs, the scenario packs, or the ships, everyone has something they're excited to see or do, which is really good for the game and awesome for the community and... I'm just I'm really happy to see it after the the rough period we had the last couple years. Yep. So great yep. things to look forward to. Yep, yep, yep. Um so last just some little uh house cleaning. Um Rob, upcoming tournaments at Showcase. Uh panic, panic. Hold <laughs> on. While you pull uh, we... that up, I know there is a tournament coming up on April 8th at Red Seal Gaming. It is full, but there is a wait list. I am on it, and I am going to try to make it because it's my birthday. Oh, <laughs> happy birthday, Chance. Happy I would birthday love to play. Give him his tokens. I would, yeah, I would love to play in an X-Wing tournament on my birthday. So we will see about that. But get on the wait list, because who knows? Yep, yep. Um, Rob, do you know when yours is coming? Uh, my tournament's on May 7th. I'm also pretty confident that ECG has a tournament at the last Saturday of April, whatever it is. Probably, yeah. Awesome. 20-something. And then they also have their tournament uh, on June 24th for the charity tournament. Yes, which is a must-go if you can. Uh-huh. Uh, um, there's also a Hex tournament coming up, but I believe it is capped out. Probably. Yeah, those I mean, cap out very quickly. It's not a huge venue, so the the cap is pretty low. So hopefully we will see some of we'll get to make some of these tournaments ourselves, and we'll see you there if we do. Say hi if uh, if not if we haven't seen you before. Yep. Um. But with that, I think we'll wrap things up. Uh. Everyone. Uh. Have a great night. You too. Good night, night y'all. May the force be with you. Haha. <laughs> and stay gritty. Bye. <laughs>